Good morning, everyone. Friends, uh, our Christmas tide, we've been in the Christmas season still, will end this evening uh, officially with uh, evening prayer. Let's pray. Uh, we have been celebrating um, Christmas, and for us, essentially, that means the good news of Jesus Christ, the good news that um, God has come in a unique way into our world, uh, that God is not merely out somewhere in space, far, far away, but he came, as remember I told you in our Christ, my Christmas homily, he came to the earth in a unique way. And through the person of his beloved son, uh, he has come so close to us now. He has become a part of the human family and has entered into our world in a, a way that God had not entered before, taking on our very form. Friends, our Catholic doctrine tells us uh, that what Jesus did during his time on earth, he continues to do among us through the sacraments of our church until the end of time. Pope Pius XII expressed this very nicely when he wrote in his encyclical, encyclical on the sacred liturgy, uh, which he called Mediator Dei. Uh, in the church, uh, Pius went on to say, Christ continues that journey of immense mercy which he lovingly began in his mortal life, going about doing good with the design of bringing people, all of them, to know his mysteries and then to live by them. My friends, Pope Leo the Great, the saint, insisted uh, that we are more blessed than the people with whom Jesus lived and walked with way back. He pointed out that Christ is more present to us now through the sacraments than uh, he was to the people of his day in his humanity. Remember, my friends, I told you Jesus abide by uh, the very laws of his Father. What laws are you talking about? The laws of the universe. Jesus was, when he was in Jerusalem, he was not down at the River Jordan at the same time, right? He was only in one place at one time. And this is what the, uh, the saint is speaking about. And uh, my friends, uh, so when Jesus was at the wedding at Cana, he was there with mom. Remember, he went there, mom was there. And he certainly blessed them and graced them. Um, but now, uh, picking up what um, St. Leo the Great and Pius Twelve is speaking about, but now... He is in the bond uniting every couple who are joined in the sacrament of matrimony in the church. He was there on that afternoon in Cana, but only that afternoon in Cana. But now through the sacrament of matrimony, he makes himself present to all the couples who approach the altar in faith. My friends, Jesus reached out and touched the sick of his day to cure them, but uh, relatively few so benefited. The leper, the blind man. Today, Jesus comes with his healing grace in the sacrament of anointing to all who are ill and who respond in faith to the sacrament of compassion administered by his bishops and priests of the church. Jesus forgave the sins of the paralytic. Do you remember? They took off the roof and lay and kind of 
lowered the man down. And he forgave the sins of the woman caught in adultery. But in the sacrament of reconciliation, we are all invited to lay our sins before him that, so that he may lift the burden of them from us. Jesus fed more than 5,000 people with barley loaves, a few of those, and a cup of fish, remember? But in the sacrament of the Eucharist, for more than 20 centuries now, he has nourished untold numbers with his body and his blood. People run around saying they don't need the church. I've just told you the reason why you do need the church. Others reject the doctrine of the Holy Roman Catholic Church on the sacraments. But Marins, this feast of the Lord's own baptism tells us something different. It declares that God's way has been uh, to take on the human way. What do I mean by that? To act among us through visible in the church, visible and tangible signs and audible words. As he acted through the humanity of Jesus of Nazareth in Jerusalem and Judea and Galilee, the whole region. For us, the human nature of the Son of God has been extended through the elements of the sacraments. And I told you at Christmas and the Sunday that followed, Mary, his mother, who would pray and look up to heaven. Now God incarnate, she looks down into the crib, looks into the very eyes of heaven. So Christmas teaches us to look down then into the crib, to seek God. And our Catholic doctrines of the church regarding the sacraments make us realize that we don't need to look to space. For he is present in his church. You do not need to search for God out there. For he is here. We only have to look within our own world, in his church, and at the sacraments that Christ himself has instituted and given to us. So my friends, this feast of the baptism of the Lord and why it happened, why we celebrate it. As the scriptures tell us, and we know, Jesus did not need a baptism of repentance, for he was without sin, as indicated by the scriptures, and by the very surprise of John the Baptist, you read the other Gospels. In fact, John says, no, I can't. Um, why are you here? And in, uh, I believe it's Matthew's Gospel. It's even, for me, funnier because he says it to Jesus. And Jesus says, just, just let it happen for now. That movie in my head, I can just say, calm down, John. Just, just let it happen. I'll explain it later. <laughs> but... It made me think <clears throat> also the time when Mary goes to Elizabeth, John's mother. John's mother's like, what are you doing here? Why is the mother of my Lord coming to me? You see, and here we see the sons. Jesus comes and John's like, wow, 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 wow. No, 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 no. And Jesus, let it happen for now. I love that. Just go and look in the gospel. 
Let it happen for now, John. Calm down. <laughs> well, he doesn't say that, but you can feel it. Huh? My friends, um, how are we to understand Jesus' baptism then? Well, it certainly can be seen as a sign of solidarity with the Jewish people in which, remember, John is baptizing. It's when Jesus walks down. That encourages others to do the same, right? And uh, it encourages them uh, to have a repentant heart. It could be understood as a stamp of approval of John and of the religious rite, the rituals that he's doing. In any event, my friends, Jesus' baptism was not a baptism as you and I understand it. His baptism had nothing to do with personal sin or personal repentance. Remember, Jesus is without that. But it has everything to do with something that I've been teaching you over the seven years I've been with you. Remember the word kairos? Remember, chronos is 856. Kairos is an event in time. That was like a kairos event. So the baptism of Jesus in the River Jordan has something to do with a kairos, an event. My friends, it was believed in Jesus' time by the people that God had been silent, that he had locked heaven. Remember, there had not been a prophet for 400 years. John comes, and he's the first one in 400 years. And then not long after that, here comes Jesus. So this event of the baptism of the Lord, this kairos, marks the beginning of Jesus' public life and his ministry and as the first and second readings, that ministry speaks about service. And then we hear what is known as a theophany. Remember that word? I taught you theophany. Theophany in the Christian language means a manifestation of God, a unique type of manifestation. Within the Roman terminology, Roman Catholic terminology, theophany has to do with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, God. What's happening in this event? Jesus is in the water. The Holy Spirit's there coming down. It's not a dove. It didn't say the Holy Spirit, the dove. Like a dove, because doves are very peaceful, and when you see them, they joy. Unlike crows, right? And then the Father speaks. We are told by Mark, the heavens were torn open. Do you get it? Before this, they thought it was locked down. And now heaven is open. And the Father in heaven speaks and acknowledges Jesus before the whole world as the bearer of his divine favor. In his ministry, Jesus comes as one who serves. Mark chapter 10, Matthew chapter 20, Luke chapter 22. Jesus says, I am here as one who serves in your midst. So the baptism of the Lord is one of service, a kairos event. And the baptism in the River Jordan, Ignog, kind of begins his ministry then. The father then who acclaims Jesus as his beloved son longs for the relationship between us and him to be repaired. And this is why he sends his son, so that we will be in union with him 
again. In that we will share the status as adopted, you heard in the prayer, as adopted children. We share in the divine nature of Jesus Christ. We share in his glory, as the church would say. The baptism of John prepared God's people of their time for the Messiah and to be open to receiving Jesus. The baptism of Jesus, which was a kairos, a theophany, awakens within us the hope of the glory to be revealed by him. The sacrament of baptism that happens in our parish right over there imparts the very divine life of God into you. Now. Now. Not, not when you die. Now. And you walk now on this earth with that. All of this has been about you. About the Father repairing the damage that was done that could only be repaired by his son. This has always been about you. And you've got to start believing this from the heart or you will remain lost and suffering. My friends, this table of the Lord, this altar is unlike anything else anywhere in the world. God is present anywhere and everywhere. Nobody argues that. But God does not manifest himself equally everywhere. Moses on the mountain, God manifested himself in the burning bush. Did he do that everywhere? No. On that Christmas Eve, God manifested himself with, in what? A baby. Jesus of Nazareth. Did he do that every day after that? No. Do you see what I'm saying? Here. You must always approach this table, this altar with great reverence and respect and understand the mystery and the manifestation that happens on this table. His son's body and blood. God manifested in these tangible forms for you. I cannot reach all the other Christians who will not understand and believe. But you who come and sit in this house must always, always remember what this is and always approach it. You must approach it with faith because the graces that flow from this table require faith. Jesus, remember when he was in his hometown, I could do nothing because they had no faith. There's nothing wrong with Jesus, but everything with us. If you don't have the faith, the grace is there, it just doesn't settle on you. Stubborn. Remember what Jesus said, oh, they're stubborn of heart. Donkeys. Well, he said another word. I don't want to say that word. Please remember the mystery. God is everywhere, but how he manifests is unique. Let us always remember 
the graces that flow from this table and the sacrament of the Eucharist, his body, his blood, fully present, body, blood, soul, and divinity for you. You have to approach this the right way and with faith if it's going to transform you. And I'm assuming that's why you're here, to be transformed and ultimately to have eternal life. Amen? My friends, one of the things that I put forth in my homily was one of the, perhaps, some of the reasons why the baptism happened. One of them that had been put forth, and it works, is that Jesus wanted to be in solidarity with us. So we need to be in solidarity with him who wanted to be in solidarity with us. That means we must listen to the Father. We must pick up the ways of Jesus Christ in all things, whether it's convenient or not. Walk in his ways and his truth. We will be in solidarity with him and we'll be in accord with his father.